This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hi, welcome to Breaking Bread. This is the show where we explore food through culture, conversations, and a whole lot of curiosity. I'm your host, Lo Yi Jun, a food writer and recipe developer from the Jun and Tonic blog. Every week on this show, we dive deep into an aspect of food in Malaysia, from speaking to chefs and restaurateurs about their restaurants, to exploring the origins of certain dishes, to geeking out over tasty discussions with food friends or experts. On this week's show, in light of the latest pandemic developments in Malaysia, I'm taking this opportunity to reach out and share about food businesses and organizations that are doing good and making a positive impact on our communities through food. With these tough times upon us all, it's crucial that we band together and provide help and aid to those in need around us, whether it's through food or beyond. So if you have the capacity to do so, I would urge you to get involved wherever you can. For today's episode, we'll hear from Zoe Wong, who heads up the Food Relief Project under Food Aid Foundation. Zoe is a chef who earned her stripes in fine dining restaurants across the world, and now that she's back home in Malaysia, she started this initiative, Food Relief Project, to connect restaurants and donors to communities in need, providing food and meals to them. So, without further ado, I hope you enjoy our conversation today. And if you have the means to do so, do support Food Relief Project. We'll have details for how you can reach out in the show notes for this episode. Hi Zoe, welcome to the show. Hi Jun, thank you for having me. So, um, just to kick us off, just to start with, what is your project, Food Relief Project, about? Yeah, so Food Relief Project is an initiative by Food Aid Foundation, and our hope is to circulate money back into our local economy by channeling donated funds through small food businesses and using that to uh, feed the underserved. So mm. really kind of taking a two-pronged approach to tackling economic insecurity that's been exacerbated by COVID. Um, the first manifestation of that is food insecurity. The need for that is very evident with the Bandera Pute movement now, I think. And the second um, one that's very close to our hearts is job insecurity in the service industry. Mm. Yeah, with the Bandera Pute movement and with the whole situation out there, there's been a lot of food relief projects that are coming into our view, right? And mm. a lot of people are doing food aid and, and providing, uh, whether it's like financial aid or like necessities to, yeah. to all these uh, people in need. Mm-hmm. How is food relief project different? Yeah, um, so we kind of started on this initiative before the Bandera Pute movement really took off. And the idea, you know, we're, I'm very aware that Food Relief Project is such a small, such a new player in this space. Um, but we're really focusing on the perspective that we know best, which is serving people high quality meals cooked with care, cooked thoughtfully. And just keeping in mind that hunger is such a complex, multifaceted issue. And that probably requires solutions from a lot of different angles. So hopefully FRP is one of them. Mm, right. So how how did you first land upon this idea? Because as I know it, you, well, you were a chef before. So your background doesn't lie like specifically in providing food relief, right? So how did 
this come to be? Yeah, so um, the story goes, I, I am a cook, I'm a chef. Um, I work mostly in fine dining and tasting menu type places. And I moved to San Francisco March 2020, um, which mm. hindsight, right? <laughs> um, but I moved to take a position at a restaurant called Birdsong. And yeah, again, it was a tasting menu um, kind of local produce focused restaurant in the Bay Area. And, you know, maybe like less than 10 services in, uh, we had to close the restaurant because oh of the, yeah, because of the lockdowns. Um, but, you know, we were very fortunate. We pivoted very quickly to a takeout model called Bird Box, where we were serving uh, fried chicken with a focus on sustainability. But for all accounts and purposes, that was going really well. But as the lockdown wore on and we realized we were in it for the long haul, it became evident that we needed a more consistent stream of revenue. Um, and we were lucky that this came to us in the form of a program called Help Kitchen. And this program is very loosely what Food Relief Project is based off on. It's a similar model, but a very different financing structure. Uh, but taking the idea of feeding vulnerable, hungry communities uh, using existing restaurant staff uh, and infrastructure. Right, right, right. So you went over in March 2020. And when did you come home, come back to Malaysia? Uh, end of March 2021. Uh, and then I quarantined and then was like back in the wild in April 2021. Short-lived, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and when did you start like putting together the idea for food relief project yeah so um hmm, good question i think it was kind of brewing for a little while uh just kind of sitting in the back of my mind but it was really probably you know as the numbers started to tick up sometime i don't know was it in may perhaps um april mm. may and i was also in touch with a lot more um, industry friends and people just sounded discouraged and worried and i think the turning point was like you know, I was very overwhelmed by the scale of the problem. And mm. the thing that did it for me, I was like, wait, I actually have some experience with something that made a difference to my life uh, in San Francisco and my career. Um, you know, having a sense of purpose to go into work every day was the thing that made the experience bearable and even productive. So, mm. yeah, I guess late May. Right, right. And then that was the point at which you kind of like approached Food Aid Foundation and kind of started this whole project with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was doing a lot of research into kind of the food charity space, um, trying to understand what um, the infrastructure that we needed was uh, for a program like FRP. Um, and then Food Aid Foundation popped up pretty quickly. Mm. as one of the options. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, I, I would love to go into kind of the operations of your project here because, sure. yeah, from speaking with quite a few restaurateurs or food businesses yeah. um, that have done food relief or, or food aid, even before the pandemic, the, I guess, slightly discouraging thing or slightly effortful thing for them is if a restaurant wants to provide food aid to their community, even mm. if it's like the people around them, they have to um, handle the whole chain of supply from like cooking it to finding logistics to, you know, getting the ingredients in and, and marketing it out. But what you've done here is 
bring these restaurants on and say, all you have to do is cook and we will handle the rest. And I think that is such a smart move. And yeah, tell me about how the whole machine runs or how, how the cogs run. Yeah, um, thank you so much for that. That is exactly the point um, that we were trying to address. I think coming from a restaurant background and understanding how taxing the day-to-day operations are on top of um, you know, how confusing everything is with the restrictions, mm. I really wanted to set something up that restaurants could really just say, okay, we want to participate in this, um, we'll cook, and we just we deal with the rest. Um, so setting up something that was very easy for restaurants to come on board with. So I basically started by getting feedback from restaurant owners of what their pain points were and what they wanted to, how they might want to contribute. Mm. And I think a lot of their teams are already quite burdened and everyone is trying to come up with new menus for takeout and that's, that's challenging. So we just really wanted to streamline the process with FRP and have all of the backend stuff taken off the restaurant's plates. So the restaurants just cook the meals and using the network that FAF already has and the relationships, most importantly, that they have with the communities that we want to serve. Um, restaurants cook the meals and we take care of delivery and figuring out who the meals go to, um, what the kind of dietary restrictions might be, the number of meals to produce. Yeah. Mm. And so in terms of cash flow, the restaurants, correct me if I'm wrong, but Mm-hmm. For each meal that they provide, mm-hmm. it's a straight like 11 ringgit to them, right? Yes, yes. Mm. And so where, where does this, yeah, tell me about where the money comes from, mm-hmm. uh, where does it go to, the, the different players in it? Yeah, so we have really incredible donors, very generous donors who have helped us put a good chunk of money into our fund. And this money gets paid directly to restaurants based on the number of meals that they're cooking at a rate of 11 ringgit per meal. So restaurants are doing their own costing. They have autonomy over the ingredients that they're using. And all of these restaurants, of course, focus on using uh, high quality, fresh produce to cook their meals. And then everything uh, from packaging to uh, distribution has been handled so far by Food Aid Foundation. So one of the things that we've been trying to do, uh, we have a great sponsor in Circle Pack. So they help us with eco-friendly packaging. So mm. trying to give as much support as we can to restaurants to make this easy for them. Before we continue our conversation, we are going to take a quick break. Stay with us. You're listening to Breaking Bread on BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Breaking Bread. I've been speaking with Zoe Wong from Food Relief Project. We've been talking about the details of the project and how it came to be, but now we're turning our focus to the restaurants that are involved in the project. Right now you're still in your pilot stage, right, of yes. this uh, project. And tell me about a few restaurants that, that are in it right now and how did you choose these restaurants? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, So going back to the main hope for the program, which was to channel money through small local food businesses, that was, you know, our focus. 
I really wanted to pick kind of a diverse group of restaurants that served um, perhaps very different segments of the market. So, you know, we have high-end tasting menu restaurants like Edju and Akar, and then we have more established neighborhood restaurants like uh, Table and Apron, uh, Lee Restaurant, and then even just your cafe that, you know, does really nice food like Copenhagen. So they were all um, value aligned with us. They all, you know, are run by people who have dedicated their whole careers to feeding people, to taking care of people um, through food and service and had staff to keep on payroll. Um, Yeah, so that was a big thing. And then also these are all relationships that are built on trust. And we really wanted open communication, especially for the pilot period, so that we could work out any kinks and have a really solid start to iterate off of in the coming months. Mm, yeah. So for, I guess, like when these restaurants come in for the uh, the pilot project, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the lineup of restaurants that you have are, we know, serve incredible food. So when, when they come on and, you know, they come onto your project like do you vet them in any way or or were these like well at least for the pilot program were these restaurants that you personally reached out to yes they were so these are all um people that i knew in the industry and i think that you'd recognize a lot of the names Mm -hmm. and and know that they have really stellar reputations in the industry writ large and that was important to have people who were influential in their own spheres and in their own communities as well to to bring light to this issue. Mm. And so in the coming months, are you planning to take on more restaurants? And and if so, are you accepting applications? Or or is this going to be a process that, you know, you will continue reaching out to restaurants that you think will be a great fit? I think a mixture of both right now is, is what we're looking at. We, you know, first off, really want to make sure we have a solid set of SOPs um, and understanding what the achievable KPIs, metrics of success are and should be. And then from there, looking at expanding, as you said, to different outlets um, with the goal of, of course, cooking more meals uh, for these communities. Um, I've had people approach us uh, who are interested, which is amazing. And I think, you know, that's a lot of how the industry works uh, through word of mouth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so since usually for this show, we speak about flavor and and taste. Uh So just to give us a a bit of a taste of that. Yeah, tell us about some of the uh, dishes, some of the meal kits that uh, these restaurants have uh, come up with and some of your favorites. Sure. So um, honestly, when I'm getting pictures from these restaurants, I'm like, oh, I would totally eat that. (laughs) Like, this looks so good. Um, Yeah, we've had really great uh, options from the restaurant so far. We have like Japanese chicken curry with mm. onsen tamago. Um, and then we have like ayam masak mera with achar gelata and like oh. baked eggs. Oh, so classic. Um, yeah, mm. I know. Stuff sounds really delicious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that that's kind of the point, right? That, you know, these communities deserve good food and we want to encourage people by um, giving them nice, hot meals cooked with care. Um, and for all of us and for me included, flavor is a really important part of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking about the communities in, in need as well, how did you go about picking who you would donate these meals to? Yeah. Um, so that's something that we've been looking into um, more with the Bandera Pute movement, trying to understand what the need is a little better. Um, but 
Our existing um, slate of recipients has been based off FAF's list. Uh, they are very in tune with the needs of the communities. They mm-hmm. work well. FRP has been giving mostly to welfare homes at the moment, um, but FAF also has a little um, hotline set up that families in need can just text uh, when they need food. So we're trying to expand more into like individuals and families in like the B40 sector. Mm. And how many meals have you provided today? We uh, so we had our first week last week, and we uh, had a slight unfortunate incident because someone from the FAF office contracted COVID. Oh no! Yeah, so trying to keep everyone safe mm. um, has been a big priority for us, and we really wanted to make sure everything was okay and everyone was well. So our program was paused this week, and we're restarting next week. But last week we sent out three hundred and ten meals. Mm, right. Yeah, and I was just wondering as well. Since you were in the US for that, I guess one year, did you see any kind of stark contrast in the way the food and industry was handling mm. the whole COVID pandemic versus uh, us here in Malaysia? Well, I think a big contrast was that there's a lot more of a culture of um, like organization and advocacy in the US. Mm. Um, so that was a big thing that a lot of restaurants were kind of forming these coalitions to either try and secure more funding from the government. But then in terms of programs like food relief, I think it's been very admirable, very interesting to see the other programs that restaurants abroad are embarking on. And these are programs, you know, some restaurants have been doing this for years, even pre-COVID, yeah. like people like Massimo Batura with his um, refotorio, but... Yeah, I mean, it's great to see, you know, like 11 Medicine Park getting into that space with Rethink um, and really putting their influence and weight behind um, such a worthy cause. Mm. And do you feel like Malaysia needs an icon like EMP or or Massimo Batura to kind of lead the way in in that sense? (laughs) Um, I don't know. I also don't know who that might be, Um, but I think think something that's really beautiful that's happening in Malaysia is that people don't seem to need that. You know, communities mm. have mobilized very quickly to help. And you see that with the Bandera Pute movement, with apps like Kita Jaga. And I think that's quite heartening. I, I kind of like that and prefer that even. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's almost like a by the people for the people. Sort exactly, of thing. exactly. Yeah. Ah, right. And so for, I guess, food relief projects specifically, like where do you see it going in um, the coming months? Is this going to be a super long-term thing for Food Aid Foundation and, and also for you personally? Well, for, for the initiative, I I think we're trying to be really flexible about the duration given that you know, we're not sure how long the MCOs are going to last. We want to be aware that restaurants would obviously want to prioritize their regular service over a program like this. But hopefully, you know, as this becomes more common, as it's more ingrained in what we do, we can look at extending the program beyond COVID. Mm. Yeah, so in the coming months, what are the plans for Food Relief Project? Do you have mm-hmm. any events and anything happening Yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, so as part of our effort uh, for the next phase to onboard more outlets, we, of course, need to do a little bit more fundraising. 
Um, and one of those, one of the ways that we're doing that is through a series of fundraising dinners with our different outlets. So everyone is kind of cooking their own takeout meal program with um, the idea of having part of the profit donated to food relief projects. So uh, for the people, by the people kind of movement, you know, even with the restaurants. Mm, um, right. Yeah. And and these dinners will, will be held within the restaurants themselves? Like after no. MCO? No. Uh, well, I think a lot of that depends. But right now, the plan is to have them be like very special, interesting, fun takeout concepts that ah, people can have at home. Mm-hmm. Mm, cool. I think what you're doing is has been like a big help to the industry and along with so many other organizations, initiatives out there, mm-hmm. uh, especially ones that have existed in the past, like Kachara, Supergen, yeah. people like Pit Stop. They've been doing it for so long. And yeah, so I think the past month as well had has really shown that, oh, these places are, are really needed. Um, so just to just to end our conversation, our interview here, do you have any kind of inspirational moments or like touching moments that, that you've seen since uh, starting this project? Oh, such a good question. Um, honestly, I think seeing the first meals going out and getting feedback from, you know, First of all, our outlets saying that it's made a difference to their teams and how they feel about going into work. Um, that was incredible. And, and you know, I resonated so deeply with that because I felt that way, right? I was one of those people um, who was cooking those meals too. Um, and then, you know, seeing the recipients get the meals and, you know, if it's not too much to say, like the joy that, you know, I think they feel, even if it's just a tiny part of their day, even if it's just one meal, um, it's something that we can do. Mm. And yeah, I mean, all of these organizations coming together with the grand goal of eliminating food insecurity, I think that just speaks to something larger uh, in that we're trying to create a more sustainable, more equitable food system that gives people, and, and this is something that speaks to me a lot as a chef, right? Um, trying to dream and work our way into a better food system that allows people to make um, healthier food choices, um, diets that incorporate more whole foods, um, more freshly cooked foods. And I think, especially with FRP and the quality of the meals that we're putting out, we are trying to get at the idea that well-cooked meals are and and you know considerations of health in eating are relegated to the realm of the privileged and Mm. and and trying to address that really uh through the work that we're doing and give Mm. people access and options yeah i think that is a really worthy cause and and a cause that you know should be shouted about more so thank you for coming on the show today and thanks for sharing zoe thank you so much That is all for this week's show. To listen to more episodes, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or on the BFM app. And as I shared in the intro, in the coming weeks, I'm using this show to highlight food businesses and organizations around town that are making a positive impact in the community. If you know of an organization or someone you'd like to hear on the show, feel free to reach out to us. But meanwhile, I hope all of you have been doing well and eating well. This is Jun, signing off. You've been listening to Breaking Bread on BFM 89.9.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.